I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Have you ever noticed how in Hollywood movies all the villains are played by Brits? Maybe we just sound right. Morning Video Games. Welcome to Filthy Casuals, a podcast about video games hosted by three very kind and extremely knowledgeable boys. Thank you very much for joining us. My name is Tommy Dasselo and with me as always... Ben Vanell here, Tommy. Thank you for joining me, rounding out the trio. It's a man who's decided to jet off on a little trip halfway around the bloody world. I'm live here from these United Kingdoms. Uh, my name is Adam Knox. It's uh, a beautiful Scottish day uh, in Edinburgh. I'm looking out the window and I'm seeing blue. That's how you know it's a beautiful day. Hell yeah. There's a blue mm-hmm. truck parked outside. <laughs> Delivering some, uh, some uh, chips and curry. Delivering some, some iron brew energy, yeah, which I have yeah, a can yeah. of right here. Fuck, Fuck it's oh, good. They don't sell this shit. On it. You can get, you can find mm. like regular iron brew in Coles and shit back home from yeah. time to time. But yeah. the iron brew energy, she's elusive, and I've caught one. <laughs> I love that. Knox in Scotland and the immediate transfer from the big cans of V to the big cans of iron yes. brew. Yes. Fresh off the plane. I love it. It's a real problem, and I don't <laughs> intend to stop. <laughs> uh, it is morning time though for you, Knox. That's fair enough. Uh, you know, we all have our coffees and things when we usually record. You got, uh, you got to get up and get a bit of uh, spring in your step. I get a little bit of fucking the end of summer at the moment, which still means rain sometimes. But oh, it's beautiful out here. I'm looking. So we're staying in a uh, building, a flat, a, built, a bunch of flats in a building. I don't know what you call that. Yep. <laughs> I don't think a I've ever seen building. one of those before. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's like a little garden outside. I saw a fucking rabbit hanging out in it earlier today, uh, yesterday. That could have been bloody Peter oh. Rabbit, mate. <laughs> he lives here. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so when I got the plane over, um, which is one of the most common ways to get here, and I, I, I didn't buck the trend. I, I mm-hmm. flew, and um, there I love you both. You both grew there and flew there. Uh huh. So anyone can shout at me, but <laughs> I, uh, there, I, I love looking around every now and then. And maybe this is, is like a little bit rude and prying, but I love just having a glance and seeing what other movies people are watching. It's oh, fascinating. Sure. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I yeah. think everyone does it. The little, uh, yeah, the trip to the toilet, you know, when you're walking oh. down that aisle, you can't help yourself just having a little, <laughs> having a little sticky beak on the way back. Especially Seen when a few wild choices. The guy who was like in front of me and to the right <laughs> laughed more loudly than I've ever heard someone laugh in public at Mr. Bean's Holiday the, uh, <laughs> the whole way through. Just didn't stop enjoying that film for a second of its runtime. And the Beautiful. guy next to me, 
I swear to God, because I know that there's the possibility that he paused it and came back to it later, but I think I saw repeats of the same scenes. I think he watched The Batman twice. Wow. Okay. Not bad. Not on one, bad. On one flight. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I've watched a film and been like, I need to do a rewatch of this at some point because there's a lot in it. Mm. And I like if I had have watched everything everywhere all at once on a plane, I definitely had that thought about it when I saw it. But if I had have seen it on a plane, especially a long haul flight like that where I've got 13 hours to kill, I could see myself going, you know what? No time like the present. Wow. Oh. If I was directing and editing a film, I would wait until the second leg before going through again. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, everything everywhere. Sure, because there's all those connections and the de- the little dimension things, the references. But the Batman, it's like, it's a, it's a straightforward <laughs> superhero movie. What are you missing? Right. Yeah. To, oh. to be fair as well, I wasn't... He's not literally was- a bat. He's... <laughs> he just dresses up like sort of one that's like a signifier of a bat, but oh. it's more, you know, he's, he's... Yeah, he's. I didn't really take the man part into it. You know right. what? I got I to gotta start this from the start. I feel I like go a all fucking the way back fool. This, yeah, yeah. With this or new knowledge. Yeah. Watching it the second time and being like, fuck, they kept this remake pretty close to the 1989 version <laughs> I just watched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, d- I wasn't yeah. making eye contact I wonder if with the, him. Uh... So I d- he may have just fallen asleep <laughs> during the first one and been like, oh, man, I really wanted to watch the Batman. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, possible. True. It's possible. Do you know if the uh, Mr. Bean's Holiday Man was uh, doing the same thing? Just like, <laughs> okay, what? Well, I mean, I got to try and make sense of this man's behaviour. Is he mentally ill or what's going on? I need a second rewatch here. He was the Mr. Bean's Holiday big comedy fan watching a bunch of wedding crashes. Oh uh, sure. You know, oh sure. really? Okay. The, the okay. Because I was going to say, like, this man could have been returning home. But let's assume that he is himself going on a holiday. <laughs> I love the idea, like just that, just putting that on to get yourself in the zone of being on a holiday. It's like, <laughs> ah, well, you know, this is just a good sort of get myself in the mindset that, look, no matter what things might go wrong on this holiday, <laughs> yeah. you know, I might get robbed. Uh, you know, my accommodation might not look how I wanted it to look on the Airbnb site, but God, it's going to be nothing compared to this caper. <laughs> the public transport in England's weird. You've got to sit on top of the car. That's <laughs> going to be really scary for me. I like to imagine boring at least. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine this guy's going to the Edinburgh Fringe, Fringe Festival. So he's do, doing the combo of like, Brit- Britain's funniest, you know, like I'm going yeah. to see, right? <laughs> I'm going overseas on a holiday to see some real comedy, but he's going to be let down because nothing's going to reach that high bar. Mr. Bean's oh, holiday, right? The worst of the Mr. Bean creations, though. I've never seen it. Yeah, I will say. Yeah, I'll me either. To that, I've seen the Ultimate Disaster movie. I've seen the series. Saw the animated series. Not very and good. I never saw the animated series. I think. What about um Mr. Bean's Holiday Two? where he takes a holiday to the Edinburgh Fringe mm-hmm. and it's just like a month of him just getting fucking torn apart by every comedian there. Like, look at this fucking idiot in the third <laughs> row. What do you got there, mate? You're Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> He'd like go backstage oh. behind, you know, whatever, whoever the Whistler's mother of comedians is and like accidentally wipe off their set so that halfway up oh. there. And it would be a non-naturalistic oh. thing where they'd be looking at their, actually, this is pretty normal for some people, looking at <laughs> yeah. their jokes yeah. on their paper halfway through going like, oh, yeah. uh, b- 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 
and whatever a smudge says. I don't I know. Think, I can't I think, think of right. anything. That no, you do alternate reality where it's like Hannah Gadsby doing the net and she's like, and then I got sexually, uh, 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 oh, what? Uh, Some idiots removed the last bit of this. <laughs> yeah. The last bit of this word. Oh, uh, and everyone's just going, what? This show sucks. What is this? I think that Mr. Bean <laughs> must have come over when Simon Amstel did the comedy festival uh, in Melbourne because he was looking at his notes the whole way through his show. Hey, okay. some of the best do it. There's nothing wrong with having a bad memory. I don't remember any times when that's been applicable to me, having a bad memory, but it can happen to people. I we know should that. say... Uh, if you are over there in Edinburgh, go check out Knox. Mm. You're on what at eleven thirty a.m. each day, and then you got a midnight show as well. Eleven right? fifteen a.m. at City Cafe, uh, and then midnight at uh, a different place called Counting House. Uh, two different shows that are just like lineups with me and uh, two other comedians, Peter Jones and Luca Muller, who I do another podcast, do Spooky with. We're doing those ones, and then I'll be doing spots and stuff around, but I can't really tell anyone where any of them are because I don't bloody know half the time. Um, but yeah, eleven fifteen. City Cafe has got to be the laziest name for a venue <laughs> I've ever heard. Do you know what? As well, it like it's like nineteen fifties diner themed. Oh, so it's really weird to right. have like just this default name, like buying a, a a carton that said milk, but inside it's all strawberry. Be like, well, you right? Can fucking tell me yeah, about the yeah. strawberry flavor. It should be called like McGregor's Diner or something. Yeah, like a, the yeah. the Rumble Shack. People <laughs> used to rumble. The Rumble diner. Shack. <laughs> it's got to be Scottish as well. Oh, yeah, true. City Cafe's not that bad. But yeah, 11.15 there is actually a really fun time to be going and seeing shows and walking around. There's lots of stuff to do at the Fringe. So come on by if yeah. you uh, are able. If you're on the continent, get up there. The, or down. The whole, uh, the whole process of having to fly over here gave me some time to uh, not have any room in the seat to be able to hold a switch, literally. So I didn't play any fucking actual video games during that entire flight, which was really annoying when that was the whole plan. But literally, I flew with Etihad and the seats, like, I've never been more crammed. I've got... Really? Oh, and it's not it's not a weight thing. That right. It's because my shoulders would be the same width either way, is my argument. Mm. <laughs> So, yeah, that was fucked. I was folded up like, uh, you know, I guess a piece of paper is a good enough analogy. The first yeah, automatic piece of paper. thing I think of to fold. Deck chair. Like a House pack of cards. of cards that a really strong guy has crammed in half. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, I, I did play some games in the back of the seats if you're interested in hearing about those. <laughs> Absolutely. That's yes, that's what I want to hear. Well maybe yeah, I guess we'll yeah. uh, we'll be covering the other stuff you consumed through the back of the seat on Nintendo sixty nine uh, on mm. Monday. Um but Which yeah, is look, a, what a, a Patreon podcast, patreon.com slash filthy casuals pod. That's right, every single Monday slash sun Monday. Uh <laughs> I think it's just Monday everywhere because yeah. it goes up later on a Monday. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. We talk about uh, pop culture that's not video games. So, um, yeah, we'll be talking about uh, what you watched on the flight over there. We've been doing Better Call Saul recaps every single week, spoiler reviews, mm. which people have been enjoying and subscribing just to listen to, which is very nice. Um, but for now, what did you play in the back of the seat? I didn't know there was any bloody games in the back of the seat. It's all dog shit. It's like <laughs> yes. Uno and the <laughs> slowest running Uno that you could possibly... like. Uno, the whole point of Uno is that the game has to be quick enough that you don't mm. think about the fact that what you're doing is essentially random. 
in right. in most ways. You hold on to your draw four card for as long as possible, mm-hmm. probably, in case someone else puts one down, even though you're officially not meant to stay. Anyway, that was fucking boring. I played... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the house rules like, for that version of Uno is like, take ketamine <laughs> and make it really slow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, fuck honestly, yeah. it felt like, but the other three players had taken ketamine <laughs> and I was just normal right. sitting there with a with a... A dodgy bread roll and some fucking frozen jam that's just been defrosted <laughs> in my so no I don't recommend Uno if you're on the back seat of a plane okay um, okay I can't okay. recommend the trivia because the <laughs> trivia right. oh the trivia game they had there seemed wildly outdated <laughs> <laughs> what can you Which remember was, any examples what are you talking here uh I'm not talking like you know. The 1984 Olympics were the most recent ones. Where were they held or whatever? Yeah. But just questions that... I mean, maybe I just didn't know the answers, but (laughs) that seems less likely than the trivia being wrong. Comedian Louis C.K. is beloved by all, but (laughs) what's the worst thing he's ever done? Answer the series... Lucky Louie, short-lived <laughs> sitcom that he put out in 2003 or something. Will Smith yeah, is it... known for playing Muhammad Ali, but he's never, <laughs> A, slapped someone in real life, <laughs> B. <laughs> Filthy Casuals has never had a bad episode. Adam's going to Adelaide next week and we'll be calling in. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> wow, that is uh, that is outdated. That must be from 20, uh, <laughs> yeah, 2015. Exactly. Yeah. Extremely outdated stuff like yeah. that, um, but that was kind of fun and just like Sudoku and stuff. Ju- just, I, it was so fucking annoying because it the 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 whole thing of the Switch is it being this portable thing that you can take anywhere and whatever. And I was already I'd been working up the confidence to play Xenoblade Chronicles in front of <laughs> someone mm. looking over my shoulder and yep. judging my little British anime guys mm-hmm. and. I had that ready to go, and then just to not have the the wingspan to be able to do it was um, a real shame. So I haven't played. As you know much what would be, like, but you know what would be awesome. I remember seeing a an episode of um I forget what his show is called, but Heston Blumenthal's uh, cooking show where he, you know, he would do these like kind of cooking experiments, like making stuff look like other stuff. Mm. And he did an episode where it was him trying to do like a gourmet in-flight menu. So like getting, like Ah. making his really good food, but with the limitations of like, obviously you have to have it be able to be like, you know, um, prepared on a plane and heated up in these like pretty limited conditions. Mm -hmm. And it was like a really interesting challenge. I would love to see a like marquee game developer go, our next game is releasing exclusively, (laughs) not on the PC, not on the Switch, not on the phone. On the back of a seat of an Eddie had flight, yeah. that would be like, that would be fucking mad if Naughty Dog just went. This is what we're doing. This is the challenge. Using the worst gaming technology exists, we're gonna try and make a flagship title for the Eddie had flight. That's actually that would be fucking. That's the mad. coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, the thing is, and basically that, like a just story like that's old... like twenty hours. That like, yeah, you go, hey, this game is gonna take you the entire flight to complete. The thing is basically an old shitty iPad at this point too. Like it's right, uh, right. That's all it really is. So the idea of having to, I know that I would do it. I know that if the game was good enough, 
I would end up having to fucking buy a plane so I could have access to it forever in case they delisted <laughs> off the fucking thing. Uh, yes, so it would course. probably that would be. incentivize me to work really hard and become the richest man in the world. Yeah. Okay. That would be an amazing week for the pod. This <laughs> <laughs> the biggest new release. And so like the three of us just being like, all right, I guess we got to... Yep. I guess we got to fly to Europe this week for the mm, pod yeah. to play this new game. God, look, the new God of War on the back of the seats was really good. The bits with the crying child were a little <laughs> fucking annoying. The kid who kept falling asleep next... Oh, man, that was so... There was a kid next boy, to me on one of the legs. Stop crying, boy! <laughs> boy! <laughs> um, yeah, there was a kid who kept falling asleep and, like, falling onto me. And there's Ugh. nothing you can do about it because it's a kid and you can't just chuck him over the other side of the plane like if it <laughs> no. were a full-grown man. Yep. Oh, well. Fuck. My life's harder than anyone's. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, uh, there's, been, uh, there's been a bit of news in the last uh, 24 hours. Yep. That you While you're in the air, Nox. We've been able to catch up with uh, a game that's coming out when you're back on home soil so you won't have to worry about that cramped wingspan or anything mm. like that. Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet had a little uh, little more information sort of leaked out. Well, not leaked out. It was part of a presentation. Half of the presentation was about, I don't know, some card game tournament yep. and some extra bullshit that they've added to Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, the main event of this presentation was, uh, yeah, showing us a little bit, little bit more of um, Scarlet and Violet. Mm. Some interesting stuff in there. Not as comprehensive of a look as I would have liked slash expected. I thought we'd... Might get a little bit more mm. info out of this, yeah. but um, it's looking all right. It's uh, it showed off a bit more about kind of the overall world and sort of um, what the uh, what the setup is. You're enrolled at a little school in the game. Uh, something I found really interesting is that it's got kind of three big main storylines in it that you can do in any order, and one of those storylines is the kind of classic uh, battling the gym leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that, you can take on those gym leaders in whatever order you want, which I thought was kind of cool, and they didn't say what the other two storylines are, mm. but uh, I thought that, that was kind of interesting that, uh, yeah, just that ve- that very classic Pokemon format is only like one-third of this game. I thought that was cool. Uh, most Pokemon games have had like the second storyline of like the Team Rocket or whatever equivalent through them mm. as well, which I guess will probably mm. be one of those other three, whichever version of, of, of that they do. And then, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see something with a bit more stakes because for whatever reason, um, the, the the whole hook of you being at this little academy and going out so that you can train up and be at uni, see, it's just like disappointingly dull to me. I don't know what it is about that that premise that is just like fucking going to Pokemon lectures it, and it, walking well, around yeah. try, paying $8,000 per Pokeball because they know they can sting me for it. Yeah, and it is like really, it's not a million miles removed from what the setup to nearly all of them has been, which yeah. is like yeah. you're a you're you're young, you're you you are kind of like on the back foot. A cool premise would be they they bring you in like the game starts with you as like an established guy. That could be cool if you started a Pokemon game with a with a pre existing roster of Pokemon. Mm. Like this, the fact that you're just at school is like a formalizing of like. In all of them, you're you're sort of doing your education. Like you meet the professor right. and you're sort of 
learning as you go and you're being taught about the world. Like this is just, yeah, formalizing it with an academy. It's but I agree, Adam, it's not that interesting to me. It's very much a, a return to what Pokemon often does in like these mainline ones, especially when like the slightly different and a little more um, high stakes presented way they did it in Arceus less than like six months ago mm. um, yep. is is obviously the thing that I'm straight away comparing it to. So it, it's not a huge thing. And I think, yeah, them going further and further with this open world format of Pokemon is the right idea. It was really cool in Arceus. It's bizarre for yeah. it to be back this quick, but I'm not um, against any part of what they're trying to do with it. Hmm. I, think I mean, this looks a bit more truer open world in that, like, yeah, yeah you can do those story beats in whatever order you want. Yeah, and true. I believe that you can actually, there's no, like, gating in between the, um, the like, the towns and the wild areas. So you, right. I think you can just kind of roam around freely in whatever order that you want, which is really cool. And I'm really into all that. I just wish that they were sticking with a lot more of the um, radical changes that they made in Arceus, I think. A pa- like the catching wild Pokemon is back to what it's always been mm. in those games. And also, I kind of wish that they were just holding this off as maybe a launch title for whatever the next hardware is because it would just be nice to see, you know, one of these games look a, looking a little crisper at this point. I don't know really if I can wait till 2025 s- for uh, whatever the new... Um, <laughs> Nintendo hardware is, yeah. you know, once they finally wring every last uh, uh, yen out of the Switch OLED. Um, I don't know. I I, uh, I like the traditional story structure of the old Pokemons. Um, mm. They're just super, super classic. It's like Harry Potter. It's like Star Wars. You know, it's just like, hey, you're young and you're better at this than everyone else for no reason at all. Uh, fight your way to the top, um, and I did. I I think I was getting sick and tired of the simplistic gameplay. It was so so dumbed down, and it was you know it was a, it was a kids version of a of a JRPG, which you know JRPGs yep. mainline mainstream ones have gotten much more fine tuned and you know better. Obviously, as time has gone on, where I always felt that Pokemon was just sort of languishing languishing in the same position. Um, mm-hmm. I th- and it was relatively, you know, it wasn't crazily different for Arceus. It just had a different coat of paint, you know. It had the the different era and and you know the the different groups, the cult, the well, not the the tribes, the you know, just a bit of you know, bit of color. Um, I really do think it's a shame that they took away the real time aspect for for this next Pokemon game. Like yeah. that that change up in the gameplay really did make Arceus stand out to me. Um, yeah, I would have been fine with a more traditional style of Pokemon game story if they had kept all of that shit, you know, make it a bit bigger, make Same. that world bigger and let yeah. you run around bloody fighting shit in the, in the wild. But yeah, it, that, it's a real shame. That, that difficulty level thing I think was solved in some ways in Arceus because it, uh, had so many multiple objectives for you to be kind of thinking about at any one mm. time. That even if you were doing something simple, you were probably doing that simple thing for two reasons, and then we're immediately going to go off to do another simple thing for yep. another reason. And so, like that structure of it took away a lot of that um, the, uh, awareness of the maybe oversimplicity of how Pokemon plays 
sometimes, which hopefully that can come back. I'm slightly worried about the fact that because it's go anywhere, choose to do anything in any order, how they're going to balance that out and, and level that and hopefully not have like some... I remember like Oblivion and shit would just have every single thing in the world be at some kind of equivalent level to you. So the game just remained right. kind of the same thing the entire time because everything scaled with you, meaning that it basically didn't change. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, it's still linear, but yeah, mm. yeah. Like, yeah, an Elden Ring kind of thing where you have the option of going and trying to take on the, you know, or it's like Breath of the Wild. You could, mm. you could go and have a crack at getting into that castle in the middle, like mm. at the very beginning if you wanted or even like, you know, once you'd completed the game if you sort of knew what you were doing. But yeah, you're right. If it's just going to scale anyway, then it doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't change any of that. Mm. They've got um, um, a couple of smaller, to me, new things in there where like there's, they always have some new kind of, a different type of evolution gimmick or whatever, which they've got again where yeah. your Pokemon turn into these little gems and change their type or whatever, which isn't particularly appealing, especially compared to like them getting huge. But then that was only for three turns. But the one from like mm. X and Y, I think they were, where they turned into like a, a further like Super Saiyan version of the Pokemon was kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. So this one's not that These great. These visually look cool, but yeah, I, like I, I aesthetically like how they look. You know, it's kind of cool. They're little gems, but... Yeah, it just it just feels a bit gimmicky yeah. and it doesn't really look like it changes the gameplay too much. And then you get way. the sort of legendary ones that are on the cover seemingly straight away as like your vehicle, pretty much. And it's very yeah. funny yeah. because both of these guys have like that. <laughs> there's like a type of lizard where their throat looks kind of bulgy out and they've used that thing to make it into tires, which is clever because you're riding this motorbike Pokemon and it turns into a jet for one of them, and then the other one has the big wheels and just fucking runs around on them. <laughs> yeah. It's so <laughs> stupid looking. It's the craziest <laughs> yeah. thing. And he's like, the other one's got these big paddles like uh, those those bikes that you could hire in the lake years ago. I don't know if yep. they still even do them. But yeah, the, they're still there. Yeah, yeah. And you can the do pedal, that with one of them. Boat kind of thing. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Little paddle boat with wheels mm-hmm. that sort of churn up the water the other yep. guy doggy paddling with these big unnecessary <laughs> fucking tumors growing out of his chest <laughs> it's yeah. so funny it's like they aesthetically they kind of basically look the same yeah. in terms of their how they're like laid out mm. but then yeah just one of them is not using the wheels he's just still using his little hands it's, it's so, so funny because it, it makes... but i immediately went that's the one i'm getting <laughs> yeah. i'm getting the one where you i'm getting the one where he's not using the wheels yeah, i think yeah. it's literally going to annoy me too much to play <laughs> all of the game if because like the difference of having one of them be mechanical and a, like a jet and a motorcycle and a speedboat and then having the other one be like, but this one's an animal and it's like a jungle cat and it's a swimming bear and it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Cool. Great. Do it then. <laughs> Don't yeah. just still make <laughs> yeah. it a motorbike. What's wrong with yeah. you? Yeah. It's kind of awesome. I, I sort of love it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, hey, I, I never know which one to really pick. Like, uh, you know, out of like Sword and Shield and whatever. I know, you know, you look at the, the box art and they, yeah. the, you know, the kind of legendary ones. Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't know, they kind of just both look sort of the same to me. I have no real preference one way or the other. But this time, I've got a fucking preference. <laughs> i gotta go for, I got to go for the stupid yeah. looking one for sure. <laughs> I'm getting that motorbike. I can't do it. I'm sorry. But then you can try it at least. But I do like, um, th- that one is a bit silly, but the, in general, the Pokemon designs of what they've shown of the new ones too, I think are all looking pretty good. 
Yeah. yeah they look cool. Yeah. And also you can play, uh, you can do four people running around exploring together right. at the same time, which is kind of cool. Do little I think raids that's a neat stuff too on yeah. your Pokemon. Um, I think that's a I, neat little thing to add in there. Are you definitely running around all together at the same time or is it just for those raids? No, I think you. Ex- yeah, they've. I think pretty sure they've said you're like it, that. That's the big point of difference of this one of like yeah. the yeah. four of you can actually go exploring around the whole right. map together. That's very cool. Not just for those battles. I which think is it'll cool. be really fun. Yeah. I liked. Um, yeah, Legends Arceus, 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 Arceus. I like that uh, particular <laughs> game. So uh, it's cool to see it having a positive impact on the on the i guess regular ones but fuck me it's pretty soon to have more similar pokemon showing up that's yeah. the only other thing yeah i just like you said ben if it if this had all the stuff of like the filling out the pokedex by like getting a little tick for catching five of them in real time and getting a little tick for you know using your sneaking up or whatever seeing yeah, yeah seeing x special move seven times or whatever if it was like those little those little things of like the collectible sort of bit of the real time stuff with this in the sort of more present day with the open world map mm. and all that stuff i'd be i'd be chomping at the bit for this mm. but yeah i i still don't know how excited i can get for something that is going to feel like a step back from yeah all these changes that i thought made it it's still one of my favorite games of the year okay so yeah. i i loved it i thought it was so such a good jumping off point to make some changes to and yeah hopefully hopefully there's other stuff in this that it doesn't feel like too much of a step back but yeah i'm finding it mm. hard to get too pumped up for even though i think there's a lot of interesting stuff that i guess um this. last tiny thing that we sort of mentioned but it's worth saying again is that yeah it doesn't it looks like it might be a little choppy and not look that great because it's on the switch but nothing you can yeah. really i don't know that's not yep. here nor there for me the designs look cool it, uh, no, speaking I, it, of it definitely yeah. did stick out to me watching that trailer. It was like, this looks like a fucking old game. Like, we're almost at it the does. point where the original Switch f- feels like watching a GameCube. Uh, like, you know, it, it, not that it literally does, but just like, you know, that perspective on the quality I mean, of the, the visuals. In terms yeah. of like what the hardware is sort of equivalent to, the Xbox 360 came out in 2005 which the GameCube was still getting games put out for it then. So, like, mm. it's it's pretty that, yeah, I kind of agree, but I just don't know what to do about that other than go, <laughs> I wish Nintendo would fucking grow up. <laughs> grow up yeah. Put out a bloody Xbox, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I also think, like, as much as we've commented on, yeah, this, this upcoming, like, mainline game, I think the massive fans of Pokemon who've played every game uh, from what I remember, a lot of them didn't really get around to Arceus. Like, they were still playing Sword and Shield, and, and they'll jump in on this, excited to see, you know, the new stuff that is in this, rather than ha- having seen it in the, the experimental yeah. one, which, uh, which we all much preferred. It's funny how much that does get viewed by a lot of people as the spin-off that, like, it is, but mm. it's really doing straight-up Pokemon. So, like, I don't know, I just never really quite saw it as a spin-off in the same way no, it felt like no no mm. i think we're all on the yeah. same page the three of us but yeah i, I just no, from having seen like the discussions with mm. you know our patrons who are like you know we have some real uh some real poker heads um they that's the position that they're in and um yeah just weird to be i have yeah not i've seen a lot of the diehards on the net being pretty pretty pumped by this tr- you know this trailer and what's revealed you know mm. people are 
I've seen. Um, yeah, people are pretty into it. I've seen a lot of the diehards and the net. In my okay, was that history? What, I've is seen that what most you saw? Diehards one through four, on, and on uh, your sent. on your back of your uh, chair. We'll talk about that on Monday. Okay, don't jump and ahead. Yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, I'll tell you what I've been seeing a lot of. What? No, go on. Oh, well, I've the, been seeing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new news thing. The the delay. It's fucking annoying. How literally being further away, the internet can do a lot of things for you. But if you travel distance, it still takes light time to travel that distance through fiber optic cables. And I'm personally sick of it. And I'm going to be calling whoever's the fucking <laughs> prime minister here now. And because bloody Nintendo's <laughs> running the light. It's uh, it's all oh, it's fucking dated. Update it. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying, Tommy? I was just about to say, um, I'll tell you what I've been seeing a lot of uh, when I when I take my pants off and I <laughs> look downstairs. Oh, sure. I've been seeing a lot of, oh, a lot of hair. Well, okay. I should have gone first then. <laughs> <laughs> you still can. Yeah, this yeah. is just one more little news thing I thought it was interesting to, to have a look at because... Uh, Call of Duty like stole an artist's uh, work mm. pretty blatantly. To they made like um, some is this skins the dog a soldier? Of, yeah, a bunch of yeah, different right. animals as like these monster army things, and it's like a you know a crocodile, a tiger, a red panda, all that sort of stuff. And a couple of the dogs they've just fucking lifted off of this artist on Twitter called Salin S I S A I L L I N five is their handhook and they've fucking really ripped this person off it Act is division you sons of bitches yeah. they're ripping off their employees and they're ripping off strangers yeah <laughs> some like nft project also did the same thing to this same person um Fuck. so every shifty cunt out there at the moment from nfts to activision is jumping down this person's shiba drawings Fucking anyway, hell. That's... I just thought that was worth mentioning because we hate plagiarism. Yeah. That's crazy, yeah, though, that the same person's so been targeted weirdly. by multiple, like, yeah. you know, large-scale plagiarists. I, th I, I think it's crazy that this same person's been targeted by multiple large-scale plagiarists. I hate plagiarism. <laughs> what do you think about that, Tommy? I personally think it's crazy that this same person has been... Um, Ripped off by multiple large-scale plagiarists. I'm Ben Vanell. I mean, <laughs> sorry, not that last bit. See, see, you you slipped up. I knew you would. Um, the other news thing is that Sony is removing something called accolades from the PS5. Which oh yeah, what the fuck is that? I literally have never heard of this, and yeah. I've been playing PS5 every day ever since it came out. It's it's a multiplayer thing is probably why I haven't really interacted with it either and neither has virtually anyone. It's similar to how like, do you remember when they first launched like the 360 and stuff and we're going like Xbox Live is the greatest new thing and like um, you could like, you had different types of like player zones you could be in and you would get like a reputation score based on how fun you were to play with and if people gave you like a positive review. It's like a social score and yeah, it's, right. it's it's their version of that system and just no one's ever fucking used it so they're yanking it out. Well, uh, personally, I think it's gone too soon and um, rest in yeah. peace, accolades. Yeah, I, fail. I kind of personally think that, um, yeah, just like gone before it's time. 
So, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Vene Vidi Vici, whatever that thing is that people say when they don't say rest in peace. I love Coldplay. <laughs> I love Coldplay, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking love Avicii that album. To, to them. <laughs> anyway, do you reckon Avicii's balls were hairy? Um, I reckon he kept them trim. <laughs> I reckon he kept it very smooth down there. Really? Yeah. Very smooth. That would be my guess. <laughs> the fine people at Manscaped. <laughs> yes, Manscaped. Uh, hey, very smooth? More like ultra smooth. That's right. Manscaped are bringing the ultra smooth package to Australia. It's time to stop, drop, and order this premium shaving kit. Um, how do you re- reckon that read was going? Pretty smooth? Yeah. I, yeah. I think the, the, the no clip guard on it. The most jarring part okay. so far has been the sudden stop. Right, <laughs> right. Well, you don't ever have to worry about Manscaped lawnmower four It's suddenly stopping because when the battery's getting low, it starts the little little lighter blinking. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it does something, and then you yeah. jam it back in its little cradle. That's yep. plugged in, and uh, I, I, you forget to take it with you to the UK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's that's such a shame because it comes in a little t- travel bag. Uh, Do you know what USB I brought? Charger, so it's very easy to charge anywhere you are. I brought the little Ooh. leather bag. It's a lovely leather bag. bag for a. A travel uh, toiletries bag. I just forgot to jam it in there. But yeah, they make really good, genuinely good products that we use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lawnmower 4.0 is like, I guess, you know, the big, the flagship. It's a fantastic electric razor. It's waterproof. It, uh, no like nicks and cuts. Like it's just super safety uh, enabled. Um, they've got other stuff. They got a razor. That's right. They came out with like, I think, a, you know, like a, a, a closer, a crop shaver, I think they call it. Um, for if you want to, you know, get r- real smooth. I guess that's why it's called the Ultra Smooth Package. Um, but everything they have, the the nose and ear head trimmer, um, we recommend all of them. And I also recommend, this is a little secret just between you, me, and the Lord himself above us. Dupree. Um, do you, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, you can go to manscaped.com, use the code FILTHY, you can get 20% off and free shipping. Um so I reckon do that. I reckon give that a Damn. crack. That's my, my personal opinion. And Those motherfuckers aren't kidding when they say they love to cut things off because they've cut the prices by 20%. Those motherfuckers. I don't think those motherfuckers would say cut things off because that's probably too terminologically close to chopping off your genital. But right, they're, right. they're mm. good at shaving off prices. Anyway. They, yeah, with precision. The, you know what else is precise? What? The amount of instruction you continue to get in the Xenoblade series early on. Oh, in those oh games. yes, indeed. Uh, let's kick off with a uh, a thought from our one of our patrons. Let's do We've it. We've been doing this recently. We're uh, in the week of recording, uh, soliciting. Um, thoughts on the big games of the week from people on our Patreon and uh, we'll we'll read some of them out over the course of our reviews. So, uh, yeah, just another reason to get on there if you want yeah. your uh, opinions about games to be heard by listeners of this podcast. Scott says, I'm about 10 hours in to Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and I've been enjoying the story more than Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Oh. It seems to have more weight and a more serious tone that I prefer. The voice acting work, for the most part, is more tolerable as well. 
The combat is fun too. The MMO-inspired combat with the focus on timing of skills to create optimal rotations is fun and can be very satisfying, although it can get busy and chaotic fast with multiple enemies. Overall, I'm excited to keep digging into it and see what it has to offer. Also, the music is wicked. Mm, okay. Um, so, I've been playing the fuck out of this game, and I am loving it. Are you about 10 hours I in as well? As, as, as Scott? I'm about 12 hours in. Okay. Um... Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean the the tutorials are, are showing absolutely no sign of slowing down at this point. <laughs> but you know, even that, it's like I like that there's this big thing about it that's like everyone who's playing it has that whether they're liking it or not, they've got the same comment. Boy, those those tutorials don't stop at any point, do mm. they? I I, I kind of find that endearing. Just that that's a you know a thing about it that is just a well known part of the franchise at this point. It's that you will just yeah. It's certainly a part of it. I like. There's it's the problem is that so many of them you need, and then sometimes they'll bring up a tutorial being like, "This is the mini map. You can look at where things are on the mini map." It's like, can't you think uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three is the first time I've ever sat down and played a video game? Yes, that's very true. And a lot of them are like, it'll 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 make you. Uh, go into the menu and do something that it's telling you that you can do. <laughs> right. So it's like, now we're going to teach you how to equip things. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I've played the uh, games before. I, I, I understand equipping things. And it's like, now, go into the menu. <laughs> yeah. Now, select this character. Now. And it's like, forces you to do this in the slowest way possible. But then yeah. a lot of combat stuff, it's just like, by the way, here's how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, can we go through that step by step? It's so weird. There's somewhere, yeah, it'll be like, um, oh, and you can cancel out of attacks and then uh, time them and loop them all together really quickly and you can make sure that, yeah, just cancel them. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You put cancelling <laughs> quotes and I don't... Yeah. Right. It doesn't give you an example I'm being of that, like, timing-based thing, but it step-by-step step walks you through exactly like the menus and stuff, which it's more of a quirk than anything else. Like, it is a big yeah. game with long cut scenes that is demanding of your time. So spending some of that time in the menus isn't, like, um, too big of a pump of the brakes compared to the pace of the rest of the game. So it's not, like, yeah. hugely bothersome, but it's just odd. Yeah, it was the exact it's, same I with think number also two. Like I I, yeah. I haven't yeah. played three yet, but it I reckon I played about seven or eight hours of two, and it was still happening at, at that point. But yeah, I I don't know what it is. I think they are allowed to have it be a quirk um, because the series is very popular, I guess. Mm. Yeah, and I think uh, at this point, anyone who's you know in any way familiar with JRPGs has played you know even one of them. You're coming to this knowing that it's not a genre that is known for respecting your time. No. Like it, you know, they are generally a, a hundred hours on the shorter side. You know, this one I believe is like 150 it's roughly. Like one of those so you're like going into it knowing that this is a mammoth through. undertaking, right? Yeah, yeah. and also a, you know a genre that is very well known for ta really taking their time at the beginning before they're like mm -hmm. really opening up and letting you do the thing that you're going to be doing so i i think kind of you know going into it knowing that that's like also just a trope of the genre mm. you know in general yeah. kind of helped it to just be like ah this is funny god these people love taking the absolute mick 
out of the time that you're spending no. on their product. That's an interesting phrase you've used there, Tommy, taking the absolute <laughs> mick. Because this, much like the the at least number two, and I think less so in one from memory, I didn't play very much of that, but or very much of two, really, because neither particularly clicked with me, but you've got the same sort of British-English voice acting where, like... So if you've got the voice it's acting, it's so set, British. It's so it's British. So British. Set to English. It's not just it's, English. It's not just English accents. It's like British. Like they they will do these things. So I've got it set to English because in combat you'll get non-subtitled little bits of dialogue that are going on, right. and I felt even though it sounded like the Japanese voice acting was good, and I think I prefer it tonally. Mm. Um, the hearing them just say something that I didn't understand because it was in Japanese was driving me crazy. So I switched mm-hmm. it back over and right. it, it is like you are playing an RPG on fucking love Island. Like it is <laughs> the most, yeah. the most is love Island British. I've never seen it. I believe it's, lo- uh, it's British. I think the yeah. original was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Phew. Yeah. That's also what they just <laughs> call the Island of Britain, but the like, fucking Geordie Shore, right? You're thinking so of the Geordie Shore. <laughs> it's like no, it's not, is it? No, that's true. It's like oh, we're having a maniac of a time down here. Oh, it's bloody. Yes. We're it's really like East trying London, hard right? to, Like yeah, it like because your party has six characters, sometimes seven in it, and during combat, every character is just yelling out <laughs> all of the time. Like literally, yeah. all six to seven of them Fuck. are just. Speaking constantly, which is something that happened in two, which for some reason it annoyed me in two. And I guess, again, it's like going into this, knowing a little bit more of what to expect. Again, it's just one of those quirks that it's like, I love this. I love that they haven't at any point thought this is annoying and it makes no sense and it's silly. Like, nah. They've got a very odd, like heightened, you know, anime drama kind of tone to them that mixed with the type of English that it is really sounds unlike anything that you've ever heard a human say before. <laughs> it is a, just a bizarre yeah. pattern of speech to hear. I didn't find the British accents in two to be in any way authentic either. Like they're bad. No. Yeah. From my memory, they're bad British accents. And you're right, the cadence and what they're, they're saying is is just uh, is utterly bizarre. Uh, yeah, it's not someone putting on a British accent for the most part. It is like English people speaking in a a, a, a pattern that is just um, really unnatural. But right. I agree that in this one, I think that the characters are just immediately more likable and the story is interesting. Yeah. And so everything right. that's going on is a bit more um, like tolerable. But I do still feel like I am tolerating that aspect of it, even though I am getting I... quite drawn into the story and I think it is... Um, a you know an interesting and big and um cool uh, world and and the, the the combat is is okay i'm not sure if i'm enjoying I it think quite as much th- I, yeah this is the first time i can i think i've ever remembered to change the language in a game before i've started playing it that was I, my problem like, the opening something about in, i think like, an hour and a half long so <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I generally, I, I start up or I, I just kind of, I'm like, I'll see how the English voice acting is. And then it's, you know, often it's pretty like 
you know, I just think oh, I'd prefer to just have the authentic experience of this and just look at it subtitled. But something about just remembering that that was a thing in two and then also seeing the trailers for this, I'm like, nah, I'm making sure I go in from the main menu before I've even started a new save and swap out the voice acting. Also, from memory, I think maybe you couldn't do that in two. I think they patched that you had to download a Japanese language yeah, pack uh, for right. two, like a couple of months after the fact. Mm. I think um, you're right. Because 2, yeah, 2 just never clicked with me. It, um, I liked the scope of the world and I kind of liked the lore and stuff that was in there and the big exploration stuff. But um, the combat, I just could never get my head around. It just never clicked with me. And then a lot of the story stuff was... I was sort of into it up until a point and then it just got a bit too stupid and anime-ish. But this, this yeah, this setting and this story, I immediately was so much more into and I kind of thought at the time that people had really loved too and so I sort of expected to bounce off this pretty quickly but what I've found out from seeing people's responses to three who are you know fans of the franchise is that a lot of people who are Xenoblade heads didn't really like two they're like like this um like that uh Patreon we read out before Mm. said that they that they're preferring this way I think a lot of people had a lot of issues with the sort of anime goofiness of two that I think maybe wasn't present in one and certainly isn't present in this. It's got very like anime, we're fusing our souls together and that's going to turn us into robots kind of stuff going on, but not in the kind of silly, yeah, just very like anime tropey stuff. You've got like like mm. weird little green blob monsters who suddenly show up and everyone's like, hello, Greg. And like that type of anime stuff where like, Right. Yeah. Who fucks this guy? Why? Where did he come from? But then the guy's very serious, and it's got like a cool premise for like that where the world and the story kind of starts off from, where like you're this group of like child soldiers. You all only live for ten years, and you, you're you're bred in pods to fight in a war, mm. and you've got a ten year lifespan. And sort of the ultimate honor is to reach out that ten years, and you get like a homecoming sort of ceremony to sort of celebrate the fact that you devoted your life to the war and that you didn't die on the battlefield. So that's kind of everyone's main goal is to just live out, get to their, get to the final part of their 10 years. Mm. And you're playing as um, this guy, Noah, who is like a flute guy. (laughs) He plays a flute to like send people off after they die and whatever. And you, and obviously the story goes out from there, but it just like straight away, the sort of cast of characters you have, I don't know what it was about it, but I immediately was like, Oh, I'm more interested in what these people are doing and who they are then, even though they're still pretty, at least, you know, early on, um, pretty straightforward kind of anime style story characters where it's like, oh, this this one's like a bit feisty and this one's a bit quiet and whatever. Yeah. But there was something about it that is just clicking harder, like for you, Tommy. I don't know what it is, but... Mm. It's got a bit of that sort of persona, fire emblem kind of thing that I loved of just like, yeah, they're very tropey characters, but group of kids they set off on this big mission you've got your little party and they're all kind of yeah they're they're setting off to work out this big mystery and take on this big evil but then they're stopping along the way setting up camp and they're just like quipping with each other and just razzing each other you know that same thing of persona they're fighting this big evil but they're still they're school kids like they're you know they're teasing each other they're getting into their little arguments and they are very archetypal but yeah, there's just something about this as a premise of just this, like, 
this little gang of you that set off on this big journey. It's like very kind of, yeah, classic uh, JRPG yeah. setup that just as a starting point, I'm kind of, I was so much more into this than, um, than where two kind of had this very long drawn out where mm. you're in a, you're in a, the village before it kind of set you off on the world. Like this immediately, you're just off right. on the journey, which it's was so much more captivating. A lot quicker to get going. And you've got those like huge looking, um, Xenoblade environments, you know, with the big sweeping landscapes and all of that stuff that is really cool to run around in. The combat yep. is like, um, I don't, I, it, I, that comparison to an MMO thing is pretty accurate where it's mostly about mm. positioning and timing. So you kind of do, mm. you have all your, most of your abilities will either work better when, you know, you're in a certain place compared to an enemy, like behind them or whatever, or um, designed to be um, stacked with either more of your abilities or with a teammate's ability. So you're either waiting for them to do something so you can do this or vice versa. And that sort of stuff is enough to keep you paying attention to the dials that are refilling on the screen and all of that. But it it's like, it doesn't feel as much about making choices as about like keeping plates spinning. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That that is exactly yeah. what two was like from memory. It was like well you just hold down X or whatever and you yeah hit a fireball attack you know, move with the bump like it which is, you know, a lot of games are like that and they're still good, but um I remember it being a bit of a a bit too simplistic to like not see, you know, see through it um when I played two. I don't know how much, you know, it's improved since 2, though. It feels pretty similar from what I remember. You're, like, auto-attacking and uh, your party members are still, like, AI-controlled rather than you kind of mm-hmm. doing much. Um, that changes so you can... For a lot of uh, it, yeah. You do get to a point where you can switch, switch between all of them um, and you end up with, yeah, six people in your little group right. and then you'll have like a seventh slot where you meet people on the story and they join you for a little bit. Right. Um, and what, what unlocks at, at one point, which is really interesting and adds a lot of depth to it is the ability to change classes for each character and then rank up those classes. And then you can keep an ability from each class that you've mastered. Oh, and change over to another class. So you can kind of customise. So for each of the six people in your team, you'll get to a point where, yeah, you've got the S rank in all of these classes and you can really go through and customise what attacks that you have in your little wheel, um, what class they are, and then what abilities from another class they've kind of kept on. So, yeah, it does, I I think, around the six or seven hour mark or so, it sort of opens all that up to you and it right. kind of opens it all up at once and sort of shows you it also. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I, there's something about the, I, again, I don't know why it didn't, it, it didn't click with me in the last one and it is with this, but I am really enjoying the almost like rhythm game nature of like, yeah, moving around where I am in relation to an enemy and then the timing of like, because you're automatically attacking, but then if you, hit one of your special abilities at just the right time, it does more damage. So just the thing of having to, 
yeah, keep your keep your charging up abilities in balance and everything like that. And the the very sort of like yeah, it does it does hit parts where it almost feels kind of rhythm gamey. And just the the amount of depth in customizing the classes and ranking them up is uh is something that I haven't delved too much into yet. But mm. there's definitely and. Again, I'm not really swapping between people in battle. I'm just kind of sticking with my one guy. And But I have come up against a couple of enemies that have taken me out where I've sort of realised like, oh, it probably would have been more beneficial to be swapping around and getting a bit of fay with these different classes and what they're actually doing on the battlefield. That mm. makes a lot of sense. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, of course, yeah, being that there's been so much tutorial already, of course there will be more stuff coming and it, like it doesn't even let you open the menus when you first start playing it <laughs> before it has shown yeah, you how to open yeah. the menus. So like I'm interested to see that stuff all get folded in like a big guy on a plane or a piece of paper as we step. But like to to the the story in the world and the characters are good enough that I want to do that with this one. Whereas two took its fucking time doing the same thing and showing you similar kind of mechanics and 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 slowly tutorializing you into this uh more and more complicated thing and i couldn't be fucked because i wasn't interested in what was going to happen with yeah. these characters mm. i was getting more control over another and that's big different this time. thing that uh they've uh i think they've kind of uh made a little more respectful of the time is um into the a, lo- a big part of these games is finding the items scattered around the environment that you use for you know all sorts of stuff um and in two you had to like walk over to them and like push a button and you would get like a thing of like here's what you found and in this they're just they're just scattered like on the ground you gems. walk into them and then you've got them mm, yeah yeah, right. yeah so which which again I, was another thing i remember just finding so tedious in in number two i was like i'm never gonna fucking bother getting these items because it's just like i'm having to look at a little menu prompt like every time i'm picking up these things Mm. and there's like hundreds of them dotted around the environment i Um, I think it's and yeah it's getting i'm i'm interested to keep playing more of it i wish i'd have had fucking 30 more hours to have played it on the plane (laughs) if i could have spent years preparing for that but I think we'll probably end up playing a fair bit more of this over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna end up doing a, yeah, doing a lot of it. It's um, yeah, it's it's great. I I really, I was almost not gonna go in on this, or I kind of thought I would try it and bounce off it after a couple of hours, just based on my experience with two, and sort of thinking that that was really indicative of what the franchise is. But yeah, it's really surprising. And uh, yeah, I think it looks great. It's uh, you know a great for a Switch game, mm-hmm. but still like they've got it locked at a pretty um, reliable thirty frames. And I haven't seen it like there's often battles where you've got your six or seven party members, and then there's also like five different things that you're fighting. Like some of you are morphing into robots. Everyone's doing different attacks. There's all this different stuff going on, and it, uh, it hasn't had any stutter or slowdown or anything in the time i've been playing it so i think they've done a pretty good job of keeping yeah. it uh pretty optimized the art style lends um, itself to like the the sort of technical um limitations as well and i guess the one other thing i would say is that it's like it's xenoblade chronicles 3 but i don't think i have played anywhere near enough of the other ones to uh, like have come into this one being able to say like oh yeah i oh, played yeah. the other one so it's you can play right. this one without having touched any of the others 
Yeah, it's Final Fantasy. It's uh, Dragon Quest. It's like I'm um, sure there's stuff you're you missing know. or whatever. But those references, even if you don't realize the references in this one, still work the other way around when you go back to the others. If you if you feel like yeah. doing that after this, so yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely give yourself the experience of playing with the Japanese language on and uh, still getting the text translated as if it is the British voiceover. Uh, <laughs> nothing quite like, nothing quite like someone like in a in the typical like anime uh, Japanese girl voiceover uh, audio, and then the text saying "You're a right muppet." <laughs> it's like I don't think that's I don't think that's a very faithful translation of what this person just said. Well, I'll tell you something. It sounds stupid when you got the British voices on as well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, another game that featured a bunch of uh, school kids going on an adventure together, uh, doing quips while a mysterious force is actually, uh, you know, conspiring to bring about darkness. Uh, Freaking Digimon Survive came out a couple okay. of days ago. It came out Friday, I think. Uh, this is out on, I think, everything. There's not like, you know, next-gen versions, but it's out on Switch and PlayStation and Xbox and PC. I'm playing on PC, and I don't know why this tickled my fancy. I did like Digimon as, as a cartoon series when, you know, we were kids. Um, it, mm-hmm. it always felt like it was like a bit of a um, also-ran-to-Pokemon, but... It was, ha- yeah. It, Maybe like the sort of slightly more, if I can misuse a term, badass version of Pokemon. <laughs> You've used mm. that term perfectly, my friend. Uh, it was. It was slightly more adult, slightly more complex in its like plot lines and stuff from memory. Mm. There's a lot of dimension hopping and shit like that. But um, and and I think that is sort of yeah similar in this in this game. The game is yeah not related from what I can tell to like the series or any other you know, previous Digimon material. It's just set in the same world. And yeah, the setup is like, you're a kid in a high school class. Um, you've got like the, the quiet goody two shoes girl. You've got the energetic guy friend. You've got um, the pretty girl. You've got the badass guy and you're off going on a little excursion. And um, this is all being presented from, from the very start as a visual novel. And it is a really good looking visual novel. Um, it's not like stylized in the way of like a Ghibli or a, you know, even like a, you know, a Satoshi Kon or a, a you know, like it's, it's very traditional anime, sort of like your name or like, just like mainstream anime. Um, but it is presented mm-hmm. really well. It's really slick. I love the character designs and the backgrounds are like, you know, really detailed and, um, just really nice. Um, and yeah, you're just like, mm, cursoring across and selecting each character and doing some dialogue and um from what i've experienced so far it's sort of personary in that you are building up you know like personal links character links and stuff Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah it is unfolding this little story of you guys going off into the woods and there being like a weird shrine nearby and and Oh, the shrine is dedicated to these animals, and you're like, mm, I think they might be digital animals that are monsters, and Digi- I think I, we might be <laughs> digital animals. Digiani are the champions. Um, uh, but yeah, while while this sort of stuff is unfolding, and it's like, 
it's not it's similar to a fire emblem where yeah you're talking to everyone making sure everyone likes you but you're not running around in 3d it's like more just like um you know menu of like this location and then it'll come up with the 2d thing and you know the people you can talk to um and then every now and then you'll have a tactical strategy battle um in, yeah, much the same style as a Fire Emblem or uh, an XCOM or whatever. And that's where you play as like the Digimons and you're using your little effects. Uh, I mean, your uh, little uh, abilities and, you know. It's just very, very classic tactical battle stuff. Um, mm. But the whole package is just really fun. Um, it's a good visual novel. I'm finding it really interesting, even though the, you know, tropes were exactly the same as the ones in Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, right. it, yep. It's all those kinds of characters. But um, I don't know. I like it. I, I don't know that I've committed to playing a proper visual novel before. Like that's usually been like a deconstructed version of it, or a, right. A, you know, it's been like a Telltale game where there's been more gameplay. Um, but I, I'm enjoying it. I think it's really well done. The writing is good. The voice acting is good. And popping up every now and then with a tactical strategy battle is, I don't know. It's a really good format. I don't know anything about yeah. you know these pre. If there's other games in the series or anything, but this one's fucking good. I think this is the first of this sort of visual novel type they've done. They've done a lot of RPGs and stuff like that, but um, right. this seems to be the first, because a lot of people, I think, were taken by surprise that it was this too. Uh, right. Like straight up a visual novel. Because, it, yeah, it's a, it's a fun... When you get into the story that one of these is telling, like with... um. What was the name of those fucking NES remakes that came out maybe last oh. year? Oh, yeah, the Famicom Detective yes. Club. Yes, um, yeah. It it can be such a calm and enjoyable way of uh, uh, sitting there with a game. So that's good to hear that this is working. I'm interested in this as well. Yeah, it is. And it is like, you know, a lot of, yeah, the better versions of this. There's a mystery, you know, there are stakes attached to every choice. Uh, it's getting more, you know, like, tense and scary as, as it goes on, um, which is, yeah, it's obviously a great format. I, I mean, sure, uh, just a nice little story where you go on camp with your friends might be, <laughs> I mean, there's, I'm sure, a million visual novels that are that, but having that element of like, what the fuck is going on and what's, who's the, yeah, right. who's this bad guy? Um, yeah, it's, it's really well paced. It has a lot of those things that you were saying about Xenoblade where it's doing a tutorial that's forcing you to do the shit as it is explaining it to you. Which right. it's a visual novel. There's not a lot of complexity here, but you know, the I guess A can be used as an <laughs> ah, an A on ah sound. <laughs> on your controller, it is one of the buttons. A button <laughs> can be used to yeah. It's and um, you know, I, I assume this is like largely uh, positioned towards kids or to be a kid-friendly game. So that's you know that's fair enough. Um, but yeah, mm. I'm enjoying it. There's a there's one review. I don't know how popular it is. But there's one review from our patrons from Thomas who says, um, "Well, okay, who slightly disagrees with me." He says it's seventy percent visual novel, thirty percent tactical RPG, and a hundred percent not for kids anymore. Oh, I th I think it's still mainly for kids, but it's it's not maybe not for kids in the way that Persona Five is like a little more complicated than you know just just a Digimon cartoon. I remember even that Digimon cartoon back when we were kids. Like, I would have been 10 or something when that was at mm. its peak. And watching 12. that and there being, like, 
you know, some guy who just strangled someone to death and looking at his hands being like, these hands just murdered <laughs> okay. someone. And my okay. grandma being like, what are you, what are you watching? <laughs> well, it's a monster. This, this and isn't it comes something kid-friendly d- like Jimmy Savile, is it? <laughs> oh, he was kid-friendly. Um, he okay. was very... <laughs> Uh, but yes, so um, Thomas goes on. The story is an interesting mystery, and the tactics RPG are in the vein of Fire Emblem or Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, Thomas is enjoying this strange mix as the Digimon franchise feels like it's growing with its audience and pushing the boundaries of the series. Uh, Thomas reckons it can be a bit slow paced at times, so he gives it eight out of ten. Which, um, I mean, yeah, it's tracking for a, for a pretty high score with me as well. I, I don't think I have any. Um, overriding flaws with the game at all uh it's right. it's a really nice presentation and you know for, for a visual novel that's obviously key but uh yeah i i was really drawn in i i was not sure what i was expecting when i when i cranked it up but uh it really impressed me straight off the bat with how good it looks and um yeah how, how intriguing the story is so it's a it's a recommend cool. from uh from me sounds cool yeah all right Okay. Maybe we like video games, huh? Yeah, got some fucking video games out there doing some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, let's let's wrap it up there for another week. Uh, We got next week there's, uh, well, tomorrow the new, um, some new Mario Kart tracks come out, Mm. including the gang heading down under. (laughs) We got a Sydney track in there. Yeah. Which is pretty exciting. Yep. Um. And a brand new track as well, which I don't think anyone expected them to bother doing. I, I felt like they'd been pretty clear about the fact that these would all be um, kind of, you know, r- remasters of other yeah. uh, tracks. Mm. So it's it's cool that they're making a new one. Yeah, because yeah, that yeah, first pack, we thought, cool. or one of us thought there was a, a brand new one, but it was from Mario Kart Tour or something. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. cool. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be fun. And there's also a uh, mobile uh, Bomberman kind of music rhythm game thing coming out on uh, Apple Arcade tomorrow that looks that looks cool. Yeah. Looks really cool. Yeah, I reckon. So I'm excited to play that. We'll both, yeah, we'll all be playing both of those uh, if possible. Yeah. Um, so get around those. I feel like there was something else that was coming out tomorrow, but uh, hey, <laughs> we'll talk about it next week. Absolutely we will. Guys, thanks for listening. Head to filthycasuals.com.au for the links to all the other stuff we have going on. Get on the Patreon, patreon.com slash filthycasualspod. Uh, you can get all of the stuff that we did for Giant July. Oh, and thank yeah. you to everyone who hopped on board for that month. There's a bonus um, commentary for the Warcraft movie. There's a premium episode about the history of uh, flops and failures in video games. There's two video things that we did. We played games live and we did a Q&A there, archived on there. Mm. You can also head on to our band camp and get that flops and failures uh, yeah. if you don't want to get on the Patreon for a dollar or more. Um, a lot of people enjoying that so far. And also get on the YouTube. We're currently playing through The Quarry yeah. and having a lot of fun doing it. Fun. And there's new episodes okay. of that going up every week. I guess we should say links links to all of this stuff is in the podcast descriptions every week too. We never really True. point that out. But oh, it's, yeah. all, it's just, all down yeah. there. Yep. Yeah, you can just scroll down a little bit and it's right there. Yeah, open up Gremlin Cast or whatever it is that you uh, <laughs> that you used to listen to this. Yeah, sorry, yeah, the volume pods. was slightly too low over on Splackle, <laughs> but uh, the, the description should be there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next time, as we say here at the end of every episode of Filthy Casuals. This is a world of dew by Kobayashi Issa. A world of dew, and within every dew drop. 
a world of struggle. <laughs> Very nice. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.